what's up? We're back. We're here in the corner to talk Clippers basketball. Welcome to the new show in LA. Yes, this is all Clippers all the time. All Clippers talk. It's your boy TPJ of Hoops and Brews. Make sure you go, you hit that subscribe button right down there in the bottom of that link. Make sure if you're listening to this right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you send that episode to your mother, to your daddy, to your friend, to whoever it is. Make sure you have them subscribe to the new show in LA. It's my brand new show talking all LA Clippers. And today for the first episode, what we're going to do is we're going to actually highlight and talk about the coach that is Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers this year, we got to cover him closely as a coach. Now, I'm going to be honest. In the past, I have had my reservations about Doc Rivers as a coach. You have might you have even might have heard me say slanderous things about him when the Clippers kept losing in the second round. I remember I, I, I said that he, you know, you know, you know they should call him can't get it done. That was until we started covering the team and you got to really see why Doc is who Doc Rivers is. Doc Rivers is who Doc Rivers is because he's a great coach and because he empowers his players. He empowers his players and puts his players in the best positions for them to be able to succeed. Unfortunately, I personally believe Chris Paul on that old Clippers team was a cancer. And I think that his negative attitude, his older, braggadocious, I'm the leader, pointing my finger down at you while I'm literally the shortest one in the room. It really took a hold over the locker room. And you could see guys like Blake not really gravitating towards Chris Paul. And I don't think Chris Paul gravitated towards Blake Griffin either. And I think if you're a Doc Rivers, you're, that's kind of a situation where you're dealing with kind of like a LeBron Kyrie type of thing. But in that situation, um, you, know, you know, Blake is really the LeBron of the team, obviously. And Chris Paul is really more of the Kyrie. But Chris Paul is the Kyrie that was a second round guy and that could never perform to me beyond the second round. That's why I call him CP2. So to focus on Doc Rivers, you know, I specifically am going to show you guys some clips. Um, you'll be able to hear some audio of us throughout the season when we talked to Doc Rivers while he was on the Clippers and while he was coaching the Clippers last year before, 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 since y'all love to act like we just, you know, are magically, mystically covering the LA Clippers because they got Kawhi and Paul George. So one of the clips that I'm going to play is going to be a clip from um, a, a loss that they had to, to the Atlanta Hawks, which Pavy covered that game. Um, I'll also play a clip from um, him, you know, talking, um, you know, in the game that they won versus the Bulls. I'm also going to play a clip um, when he talked about, uh, you know, after they acquired Landry Shamit. And then I'm also going to talk about, um, you know, Pat Bev, Danilo, now that he's gone, Lou Will, now that he's still here. And then I'm also going to talk about Doc Rivers' opening statement at the last game of the playoffs when they suffered the blowout loss um, to the Warriors, right? So first off, you know, this clip that I'm going to play is Doc Rivers basically talking about how he feels as though the Clippers don't have the talent of uh, KD. They don't have a KD. They don't have a Curry. They don't have any of these guys in this scheme to be able to get them to that point. So they have to play good as a team. So go ahead and check this clip out. And um, I thought we showed up and thought we were just going to win. And I just go back to what I said before the year, we're just not good enough to do that. Uh, that's for teams that have the Curries and the Durants on it, or other, but that's just not us. And. Like they, they, they fought harder. They got every loose ball, um, every long rebound. Um, 
I just thought they competed harder, and that's unusual for our team. You know, so you know it's 82 game season. It happens. Uh, it's just no fun when it does happen. Uh, All right. So as you can see from that clip, it's pretty much self-explanatory, right? Um, you know, Doc mentioned a couple times throughout the season how, you know, at times because he did feel as though the Clippers always had to play perfect, that he needed his guys to always be ready for competition. And not in a sense of like his guys aren't going to come out and they aren't going to play. Obviously, every night you're getting 100% maximum effort from Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell. You know, you got a guy that's a dog in Lou Williams coming off the bench. So that's not the point of the statement. The point of the statement is that a lot of times in those games, because of the fact that the Clippers, you know, wound up becoming a much better team than people thought they were, sometimes they would have some moments where they would get a little bit lax, including in that Bulls game, which I actually attended as a fan and Pavy covered as media, um, where they blew the Bulls out. But at first, the Bulls are kind of giving them a little bit of run or whatever, and then Doc is going to talk about in his clip about how, you know, he wants his teams to pay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, to play um, faster, harder, stronger, right? That's what he wants them to do, play faster, harder, stronger. And he talks about how the, the Bulls came out initially playing faster, harder, and stronger than the Clippers and how things changed after that. We didn't play well in the first half. I thought they played harder. Uh, I thought everything they did was faster, harder, tougher. And then in the third quarter, I thought it was all us doing that. Uh, and I thought that's where all the frustration came from. But uh, we, were, we were terrific. So as you can see from that clip, you know, for the Clippers, it was never about their talent last year, right? It was never, ever about the talent that was on the team. They, on NBA 2K, had only two players with a rating above 80, I mean, a rating above 80, I believe. And I believe Lou was at 84, and Montrez was at 85, I believe. They never had a star on this team. You had guys, I'm actually gonna read a couple people from the roster, right? Last year on the Clippers team, starting from the bottom, including everybody that played at least one game for the LA Clippers, right? You had uh, Angel Delgado, Sidarius Thornwell, Avery Bradley, Wilson Chandler, Milos Teodosic, who is still on the team, or at least was still on the team, and didn't play at all, who he was supposed to be the fucking European Steve Nash, psych. You had Tyrone Hill, Luke Umabmute, Jerome Robertson, Garrett Temple, Landry Shaman, Patrick Beverly, Marcin Gortat, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jermichael Green, Ivisa Zubak, Jonathan Modley, and then you get to the, you know, to the better players, which Boban, then you get to um, Pat Bev, Lou Will, Montrez, and Danilo. This team was not a loaded team, but the one thing that I bet you didn't know was that this team was a very, very efficient team and the guys that they had on the team were very efficient. Did you know that last year, Paul George's PER rating was, let me see, it was his PER rating? Hold on, I was just looking at it. There it is. It was 23.3. Montrez Harrell's PER rating last year was 23.4. So before you watch the show, if I would have told you that Montrez Harrell had a better player efficiency rating than Paul George, a guy who was in top three in MVP voting, you would have called me a liar. You would have called me a liar. 
Lou Will's PER last year, 21.2. Danilo actually had a pretty good and a pretty efficient year. His PER was at 21, which is pretty decent for a secondary guy, even though Danilo will... Actually, you know, I think Danilo and Lou Will were the only two people on that Bulls, on, the, on that Clippers team last year that had a rating above 80 on 2K last year. That's what I'm talking about. So now you get a guy like Paul George, a guy like Paul George last year who gave you a 23.3 PER rating, who also last year shot 43% from the field, 38% from the three, gave you 28 points per game, 2.2 steals leading the NBA. He gave you 8.2 rebounds. He gave you um, um, eight, I'm sorry, he shot 83% from the free throw line. And this guy was a beast on only 21 shots a game. And I'm sorry, he didn't uh, lead the league in steals. Um, he was actually, that was the highest he's ever averaged in his career in terms of steals was last year. The Clippers last year were a dog defensively. They were a dog. Would you have guys like Pat Bev crashing the offensive glass, playing tough defense? I didn't even get to Paul, I'm sorry, I didn't even get to Kawhi Leonard, who I'm about to get to in a second. But you combine Paul George and Patrick Beverly on a, on a team defensively. You already have one of the best defensive teams in the league. Then you combine that with a coach like Doc Rivers, who in this clip that I'm about to play, is going to talk about Patrick Beverly's ability to offensive rebound and how much he really, really enjoys Pat Bev's ability to be able to crash the offensive glass. And sometimes he just has to let him do his thing. Check out uh, the clip from you know Coach Doc Rivers himself. They're not, they're not actually rules, and we don't want our guards, you know, especially our point guards, crashing the offensive glass. Uh, but he's great at it. And, and so our thinking was allow him to do what he does well, you know. Um, you know, Rondo was very similar to that. And, and the, you know, after a year of yelling at him not to do it, we realized, wait a minute, he's good at it. So we got to allow him to do it, you know. You see, you combine that already. Then we are now, I'm going to, as I said before, I'm talking to you about last season that we covered. And I'm bringing clips back from last season. So that way you can really understand the dynamic at which this Clippers team operated and how they really operated and also really understand how much of an underdog team this team was, right? You know, Doc Rivers, you know, um, you know when I talked to him in the playoffs after, after game four, uh, in which they lost to the, you know, you know, to the Warriors at Staples Center, that, um, that was the game I think KD dropped 36 or something like that or whatever. He dropped 30 plus. He was dropping 30 plus all the time, but he dropped like 30 plus. And basically I asked Doc if he thought that, it, um, you know, if Danilo and Lou Will weren't able to score, if they would still be able to win and if they would have a chance. So check out this clip from Doc Rivers specifically talking about that dynamic. Uh, coach of T, uh, I'm sorry, TPJ of Hoops and Brews, uh, Danilo and Lou Will combined for seven for 30 today from the field. When they shoot that poorly, uh, is there just no way that you guys can get over the hump? Or well, there's a way, but it's hard. You know, you know, you you can still win no matter who does what. I mean, it still was a four point six point game, uh, but clearly, if if those two guys and those are two key offensive guys struggle, then it's going to be hard, very very hard against force to win against anyone, let alone Golden State. You look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, right? And you look at a guy like LeBron James. LeBron James is a star in Los Angeles. LeBron James is still the biggest star in basketball on the planet, other than Michael Jordan. Then you got Steph Curry right underneath there. But when you're looking at this and you're evaluating this from this perspective, right? Kawhi Leonard last year actually had a higher PER rating than LeBron did. And everyone loves to talk to me about how good LeBron played last year. LeBron was not awful. But he showed signs of decline. The year before, his PER rating was 28.6. Last year, it dropped to 
LeBron last year from the field shot 51% from the field goal range, 33%, I'm sorry, 33.9% from the three-point line, and he gave you, uh, I'm sorry, uh, excuse me, that was per 100%. No, 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 exactly. And he gave you 27.4 points per game in 55 games. And the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Kawhi in 60 games, 60 games, Kawhi in 60 games gave you a 26.5 PER rating. Kawhi shot from the field 49.6%, which is less overall from the field, obviously, but Kawhi takes way more shots than, I'm mean, sorry, he was, he's much more of a three-point threat than LeBron James is, and it's evident by Kawhi's 37.1% three-point um, um, field goal percentage from the three-point line last year. And Kawhi averaged 26.6 points, which is like, what, a point less? And Kawhi is also a top-tier, top-five defender, and his team made the playoffs. We saw what he did in the finals, right? So you add him to what I just talked about with Pat Bev, with Lou Will, with Montrez, with Paul George, and with the guy, Doc Rivers, the coach who I thought personally from covering the team and also from watching the NBA in general, Doc Rivers deserved to be coach of the year. There is not a doubt in my mind that Doc Rivers was the, you know, was the coach of the year in the NBA last year. Now I give a big kudos to Mike Budenholzer. He reformed their system, gave them an entirely different look. They won a ton of games. But if you give Mike Budenholzer the Clippers, the Clippers are the Lakers last year. A disaster. And that's no disrespect to Coach Bud, but that just shows the level of respect that I have for Doc Rivers and the job that he did with these guys. So I'm going to end off this, you know, show, um, you know, just saying that, you know, I told you guys, I think the Clippers are going to win 60 games. But I think a coach like Doc Rivers, and as you can see through these clips, really cares about his guys and is thinking about his guys. I'm going to play the, you know, the opening statement from him. Um, after they suffered the blowout loss versus the Warriors in game six. And you're going to get to really kind of understand how he felt about this team for this entire year and about this, you know, unit as a whole. Um, but also, you know, he talks about how, you know, that team was more than talent. And when you're more than talent, especially when, when you know how he's going to speak about it, you know, he said that basically he thought that the Warriors were the perfect matchup for them last year. Now, I disagree. I humbly disagree. Coach, if you're watching this, I humbly disagree. Um, and last year, although you didn't do what I thought you were going to do, I didn't think the Clippers were going to make the playoffs. And if they did, I thought they were going to skate in. Um, but I, I did think that Doc was going to have a good year. But I didn't think that they would take any games from the Warriors. And to me, those two games that they took versus the Warriors last year were, was more impressive than Doc Rivers' pass um, playoff runs when he had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin personally to me even though they made it further and coach in this clip is going to talk about how he felt the Warriors were a perfect matchup for him I personally thought that they would have matched up better against a lot of other teams I think the only team that they really didn't match up well in the 2018-2019 in the, in the um, season in the postseason really well would be the Rockets and that's just because of the, the offensive dynamo that is James Harden they, the, you know, as much as good defense as the Clippers play, James Harden's ability to get to the free throw line and create havoc at the free throw line is something that the, even the Warriors and their dynamic and their shooters couldn't do. And that's something that allows the Rockets to be able to control the pace. 
and then when Harden goes off, Harden goes off. And also the Rockets played at such a frenetic pace and it's three or bust, the Clippers could easily get down by 20 after a few threes. And they did versus the Warriors a few times. I mean, they got blown out, you know, in, in multiple games. And they were supposed to get blown out in that game that they won. But they just had the heart of a lion. Um, so, you know, I'm going to end the show with this. It's your boy TPJ. This is the new show in LA. Make sure you go and you subscribe uh, on YouTube. Hit the like button below. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at new show in LA. I am here. Clippers fans, you can feel free to send us your, your, your hate mail, your love mail. Clippers hate us. I don't care. The Clippers are still going to be better than the Lakers. But check out this clip as I leave you guys with this clip from Doc Rivers talking about um, you know, the Clippers in his opening statement after they suffered the Game 6 blowout loss to the Warriors in which Kevin Durant dropped 50 points on their head. It's been your boy TPJ, and I'll get with you guys next time. Peace out. Um, I'll start with a statement. Um, to all our guys, I've never been more proud of a guy, a team, or a group of guys in the 20 years um, that I've coached. They were just, they were really fun. I mean, and as I've said before, I never had a group where you wanted to in the morning, you race to the car, you race to practice, because uh, you just love being around around them, you know. Um, so for me, it was just a pleasure uh, to coach them, and uh, it was also a pleasure to play Golden State. Like for this group, and especially for the young guys, I don't know if I could have scripted the season before the season, and you told me that first of all, this group can make the playoffs, which you know, I don't think anyone believed then we could pick our opponent. You know, as crazy as it sounds, I don't know if we could have picked a, dip, a better opponent than Golden State because they're champions. Uh, they're extremely well coached. Um, they, they play the right way. They do so many things uh, that test your mental. And for Shea and Sham and Zub, um, you know, Trez, just all of them, you know, to go up against that, and every time they made a mistake, like tonight, it felt like we we're about to make a run, then we make one defensive lapse, and it's a three. Uh, I think they've learned now that it's it's more than talent, and, and that it takes an amazing amount of focus um, and preparation uh, to be a champion. And so, uh, obviously, hats off to them, but but good for us, you know. Um, I was I've just I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, it was a pleasure, uh, honestly, for us to, to play them. It, it really was.